This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is brought to you by Flamingo Pools, your go-to maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Stop wasting your valuable time trying to take care of your pool and let the professionals at Flamingo Pools take care of it for you. Visit azflamingopools.com for a free quote today. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast. East Valley Locals. Get connected with small businesses near you and dive deep into their stories, mindset, and motives. Entrepreneurs everywhere. Get ready to be inspired by business owners, entrepreneurs, and hustlers that you can relate to and learn from. And now, your hosts, Dallin Huso and Ridge Waldberg. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Local Hustlers Podcast. Ridge and I are here with Drex Tanner uh, with Rough House Play Systems. Is that right? That is right. All right. Well, thanks for uh, for being on with us today. We're uh, we're excited to have you on the show. Yeah, excited to be here. Perfect. Well, why don't you just take a couple of minutes uh, as we're getting started here and tell us a bit about yourself, who you are? Yeah. So um, I grew up here in Gilbert. Um, just kind of in the in the area here, I uh, I've always kind of been entrepreneurial minded. Like mm-hmm. I've always been interested in business and stuff. Um, had a few ventures. We saw like some of our friends doing lemonade stands, right? So yeah. My friend and I decided to be different and beat out the competition. So we wanted to make a smoothie stand. Oh, okay. But being like seven or eight years old, we realized that you need like electricity and like frozen stuff to get quite as easy as lemonade yeah. uh, to have out there. So we made like a, a stand and everything that didn't go well and just kind of did some different stuff. Uh, had like a little landscaping business, um, oh, wow. like financed a, like a, a lawnmower. That was kind of my first experience in like investing in a business mm-hmm. and stuff, like a big riding lawnmower. This was all in high school when you were doing this? Yeah, this was like, yeah, junior high and high school. Oh, wow. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, and then we just like made long boards and tried to sell them, um, uh, all sorts of little stuff. I nice. always liked it, but um, what I realized was like I never really liked school that much. And I remember in high school, like um, it wasn't cool then. Like I didn't know Gary Vaynerchuk or all the gurus that are out there now. Uh-huh. They're saying you know entrepreneurship is awesome. Yeah, but I remember being just um, I wouldn't say ashamed because like I don't really feel that way but um just feeling like a lot of my friends were interested in in school and like right becoming a doctor right or teacher, lawyer or whatever and i was kind of struggled with it because it wasn't ever anything interesting with me and mm-hmm. but i didn't really know where to put that energy or where to like start a business or whatever yeah so went on a mission came back and, and while i was out there met a lot of pretty successful people successful financially but also mm-hmm. just good family right you know, I really spent time with people that I admired and, and like to see kind of what they were doing and things to emulate in my life and so when I got back knew that I didn't want to work for somebody else yeah and I didn't want to um, waste any time you know I wanted to get right to uh-huh. stuff so I started looking around at different opportunities and that's kind of how I got presented with uh, rough house so my uncle had started this company back in like 2005 mm-hmm. and had like you know hit the gas on it really hard yeah and, uh, you 
know, selling it, growing it, had employees, a bunch of crews. They were looking at getting into like Home Depot and kind of the big players there. And then um, 2008 hit and uh, they really had to scale back. Right? Mm-hmm. My uncle had to put a lot of money into it, um, lost a lot of that kind of stuff. And so they had to turn off basically all the ads and you know, had to let go of all these employees. Yeah. I remember that, and he kind of kept it up a little bit. He'd been selling places, so I guess I should probably give some background on what uh, yeah <laughs> what we do. But we sell uh, so custom like vinyl swing sets. Okay. I don't know if you've ever been on uh, like Pickups and Higley. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, like place that open up over the wall there. So that's the white one, the big yeah. white one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So we make them out of uh, vinyl fencing and stuff. So they're really high end. Like luxury playset, like uh-huh. for like the Ferrari playsets, you know. Like sweet, we, yeah. we have like uh, built-in misters, built-in lights. The vinyl is no maintenance, you know. It's uh, about twice as expensive as any other wood competitor out there. Yeah. And so it was very susceptible to a recession at the time. For sure. You know, and some people can't make their mortgage, you know, they're not buying a you know, $5,000, $10,000. <laughs> right. And so... Uh, yeah, so when I was getting kind of looking at what I wanted to do with stuff after my mission, I I was looked at it and I was like, the economy is good again, uh-huh. know, things are going well, I'll give it a try. And yeah. so he brought me into the business um, as a partner and just said, hey, you know, run with it. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can make it profitable, make uh, make money, make some sales, and just kind of taken off from there so that was about three years ago cool cool so how'd you start making sales and making a profit how did you start when you kind of came on so i was lucky in the fact that we weren't starting totally from scratch right like when Mm -hmm. you start a new business you got to develop your product your service your systems Mm -hmm. with this what i basically had to work with was uh you know a google drive file with a bunch of photos that are like 10 years old We had a, a really old website, um, and that was about it. We had like a Facebook following of like you know, 300, 400 people, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And so I was just started listening to podcasts and stuff, and that's when I realized like, okay, there's this whole world of entrepreneurship. Like, yeah. People out there that are starting this, which I always knew, but like again, from the like I was saying in the beginning, like I never wasn't in my wheelhouse. Right. I wasn't aware to that going mm-hmm. on. So. Um, yeah, we started uh, just reading stuff, taught myself like how to do Facebook ads and everything. And so my my uncle's other partner in the business um, has like a digital marketing company. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we he kind of brought me into his company too, and was like, "Hey, I'll, I'll teach you how to do marketing uh-huh. and manager, and you can work some hours." Yeah. And kind of do that, and so I got involved with that too. Um, so we just started building from scratch, started posting old photos, started mm-hmm. like reaching out to any old contacts, trying to reconnect with um, different vendors that make the slides and the swings, yeah. and vinyl, and metal, and wood, and there's a lot that goes into it, but just kind of got it back going and um, started learning how to do Instagram ads, Facebook ads, you know, it's all, that was all new to me, I had mm-hmm. no experience with that at mm-hmm. all. And uh, so started doing ads and started making sales. Nice. 
So in in between the time where the recession hit and you bought into the company, was there like nothing happening with the company or was it still kind of slowly trying to build back up from where it was? So they had put a lot of money into the website initially and uh-huh. so they had some like SEO presence. Yeah. So organically they would sell like one or two a year. Right. And that was about it. That was about it. Just so. like during Christmas time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Push some ads a little bit mm-hmm. Perfect. And it wasn't like your uncle's top priority at the time then? No, yeah, no, I just started doing, focusing on other stuff. Cool. So you just kind of came in and had sort of a structure to, yeah. to start with? And a little bit, yeah. yeah a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And so he just said to run with it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, just because, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't want to go get a normal job, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah, it's just kind of exploded from there. It's, uh, we started doing ads, like, 90% of our business comes from Facebook and Instagram. Really? Instagram, wow. Targeting all the moms that are on. Yeah. yeah. So did that take you a while to kind of get the hang of? Or like, do you have any tricks to running social media ads? Yeah, it did take a little while. There's a lot of testing that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I found with uh, our particular product is it's obviously very visual. Yeah. Uh, especially in real life. You know, the white vinyl really stands out as we started to make sales I would make it a part of our process to where the installers would just take lots of pictures of yeah. every single place that so we started posting those and then I would try different ad sets based on um, location or interest try and target demographics of the higher net worth individuals mm-hmm. um, all sorts of different things we tried we tried everything and then we started making videos so we found some video contractors and some really awesome commercial yeah those started to work really well so i said the trick is really to just experiment Uh you know you really have to look at it sit down and say all right i'm going to spend five hundred dollars just to experiment yeah it might work it might not i'm willing to just kind of throw that away Mm -hmm. and see what happens and that's really the best way to learn and the best way to uh, build an audience because you kind of see what's working what's not right per clicks at 20 cents for this ad and 15 cents at this ad or a dollar at that ad right and you gotta see okay well the cost per click may be higher you know I'm spending more but they're actually converting like I'm getting more qualified leads they're actually buying the place that's yeah so you kind of gotta really take a look at the individual ad and then the business as a whole of what's yeah. really happening on the back end mm-hmm. sales coming through your calls coming through cool and so are you are you running ads yourself or do you have someone in house do that or do you have that digital marketing agency that does that yeah. for you? So kind of, it's mostly me. We mm-hmm. have a lot of the, so we leverage a lot of the, the digital marketing companies to help create the assets like the videos and the pictures, editing, all that. Um, I do a lot of the ad sets, creating them right now. We're actually looking at kind of hiring that out over the next little while. So we can be coming a lot with yeah, for increasing sure. our budget. Uh-huh. The other thing I would say with ads is when you find something that works, just put a lot of money into it until it stops working. Mm-hmm. That's what I've found. When you find one ad that is like doing really well, yeah. just keep dumping money into it until it stops doing well. Until mm-hmm. That does reduce a little bit of the day-to-day upkeep on it. Uh-huh. You obviously want to keep testing and trying different things. But does that happen a lot where it will work for a while and all of a sudden it just stops working? Yeah, it does for whatever reason. It's not very often. You can usually get a good amount of time with it yeah you know a couple months out of it or whatever but for whatever reason the algorithm shifts or you know facebook is just targeting the same people over and over again for whatever reason and so it's, you're seeing the same ads and then they stop clicking on it mm-hmm. that type of thing. 
or if you're just getting clicks but not buying anything. Right, it's, right. It's not working right. For sure. So what, I guess, what made you decide to buy in or join into another company rather than start something off on your own? Yeah, it's a good question. So I was just thinking like, uh, it was just going to be a lot harder to start from scratch when we already had a product that I knew worked. I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be fun just visually to yeah. kind of be a part of that. I liked the idea of going into like the manufacturing business and kind of building it up mm -hmm. that way. Um, and it, yeah, it just seemed like easier to start with something that was kind of already there when I had this opportunity. Right, to yeah. Made sense. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a previous love or passion for swing sets or play sets as a kid? So funny enough, back in 2005, they did like a photo shoot and I was one of the kid models. Oh, really? I was probably you know, 10 or 12 or whatever. Uh -huh. but, uh, yeah, so there's some old pictures of that somewhere. So part owner slash model yeah, for the company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of, does your uncle have much of a role now or are you kind of the, the go-to guy? Yeah, yeah. So we're... Obviously, trying to get all of us out of the role. Right. Um, we've had a lot of personnel changes. You know, when you're dealing with um, with this kind of industry, where you're dealing with workers that are kind of specialized, but also, you know, it's just labor intensive. You really got to find the right guys. There's a lot of moving pieces. You know, because you take the vinyl and you got to put in the metal. You got to mm -hmm. cut it. You got to assemble that with the platforms and the gears. And because our customer is very, you know, they're paying a lot for these right. presets, everything has to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's hard to find the right guys that are able to have attention to detail, but also, you know, willing to do the, the labor that we're having. So we've had some issues with personnel, and because of that, it's been hard for all of us to get out of the operations of the business. Uh -huh. Like, sometimes my uncle has to step in there and build some platforms yeah. or groups or whatever. But um, other than that, And so, where do you find good people to to do that? <laughs> That's the question. I'll go over Facebook and Deed. And Deed's gonna be the next one I try. Okay. But, uh, can't keep the guys we have now, but so far we have an awesome team. We're That's really, cool. We have good people now. So. I'm sure we know some guys that. Yeah. Right. To, uh, yeah. Build some play sets. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, let's talk a bit more about the actual play sets. You mentioned vinyl. So tell us about. What that means exactly? What what the difference is between you and any other playset company? Yeah, so the reason they did so well here in Arizona is the vinyl is treated to like kind of reflect UV rays, so oh. it remains totally cool to the touch huh. even in like really yeah summer here 120 degree direct sunlight yeah it's like remains the temperature just kind of the area outside. yeah the plastic components of our playset obviously heat up like plastic so that was where we brought in the component of the mist system so right now you can like hook up a garden hose to the bottom of one of the posts on the playset and it's all pressurized and there's misters that run through the whole playset over the swings mm -hmm. and the tower and everything so it's super fun in the summertime especially if you don't have a pool you know it's yeah. buy a playset and spend 100 grand on a pool yeah <laughs> sometimes the option of those things but um, so they're great the, and the vinyl is it's nice it's no maintenance like mm -hmm. the wood playset you have to paint it and stain it every six months and or, or more, you know, you don't have to do anything with that in the final, so hmm. we really are like a premium product, we have, have like a 10 year warranty on everything. Nice. Last time, so. That's sweet, and kind of what's what's the process, do you guys get all the stuff just raw and then you cut it to what it needs, or how, how does it all go? 
and yeah, start to finish. I guess. Pretty much. Yeah. So we ordered all the vinyl. We reinforced the inside of the towers with like galvanized steel. Oh. Um, so there's a lot of cutting and some welding involved that we kind of make some of our own metal pieces. Um, we put a lot of wood in different frames, and so yeah, we order it all individually, and we assemble some of it like in our facility, and then some of it is done by the install company on site. Um, should our customers choose to have it installed, mm-hmm. um, the install company puts some of that, you know, a lot of that together too. And then we ship nationwide now, so we work with a. Uh, a national installation company that okay. helps us in different areas and so we ship the playset out there we give them the installation numbers company or com- company's number yeah <laughs> and they uh they'll kind of help them get it set up or whatever and so. there's a lot of supply chain going on there yeah yeah the manufacturing industry is definitely it's interesting because we're on the back end but we're also on the front end of right the retail side yeah and so there is a lot of steps that so have you been have you had to find installers then pretty much all over the nation in case yeah. someone orders it? So we have a couple companies that we work with here locally and then nationally we have one company as of right now that they have like a huge Oh, uh, so they're network. all over. Okay. Yeah. okay. That's nice. So they have all these individual contractors okay. down there. Okay. And then we're actually looking to partner with in the summer it was supposed to happen, but with all the virus stuff going on right now, it's been postponed, but we're working with a, a big national huge Wood playset company. Oh. So we start distributing our product throughout the whole U.S. Really? So that's what, um, yeah, so hoping to get that kind of going in the summertime. Nice. And, uh, really what what type of partnership would that be? Uh, just distributing your stuff. Yeah, okay. basically. Yeah. So they're a huge company. They get tons of sales online, and so we would just be their vinyl. Okay. Oh, sweet. So that's what I was gonna ask. If you guys do any like B two B, or if it's mostly just to consumers. Yeah, so right now it's just to consumers. We've looked into getting into these different dealer networks, uh-huh. um, which is something we haven't really pursued heavily because we've been trying to get quality control and everything done with them. But with this company, we'd be plugged into dozens of dealers right. all over the nation. Nice. So they'd be stocking some of our products and shipping them. Mm-hmm. Is that hard to kind of like build that relationship with them and get that deal going? Or um, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely has ups and downs. We've learned there's a lot of additional, like, compliance things you have to go through right. on that kind of scale and, and so we've been doing a lot of testing and everything which yeah. is expensive and time consuming but it's also you know making sure everything's safe and secure and nice so we have to adjust our product a little bit mm-hmm. our SOC testing and stuff but. now is that something you guys wanted to do did you reach out to these guys or did they reach out to you how did that all yeah so they reached out to us um, to be a dealer for their wood stuff okay. and then interested in kind of doing the same thing with you for our vinyl product mm. so that was like uh, probably four or five months ago and we kind of been going back and forth with them you know, nice lock something down and cool pretty much happened. do you guys have any sort of like retail shop or showroom locally that people can come like actually look at the play yeah set? so actually about a month ago we moved into a new shop uh it's not quite ready for the public yet but we do have that display on uh, about. Oh, okay. So we're bringing customers there anytime they can come and look at it. Um, like, yeah, brought lots of customers there. They like to see it, bring their kids, and they can mm-hmm. have the, mm-hmm. the kids come. <laughs> the whole experience, yeah. <laughs> they want it all. They got to have the experts test it out. Right. Yeah. So my question is, because you mentioned earlier that it does so good in Arizona because of the heat, yeah. and you have a place for people to come. So what made you think to, to try to expand and 
focus on your advertising and go national instead of trying to focus on the locals and people in Arizona? Yeah, that's a good question. So there, there's a finite number of people that kind of meet our niche project, the product, uh-huh. um, because it is kind of a higher end. It's like a luxury item. For sure. You're seeing you know, certain other people. Yeah. What's also cool about the vinyl is it does really well in this extreme heat. It also does really well in the extreme cold. Snow, oh, okay. And you have water like anywhere super humid or on yeah. the coast where there's a lot of, um, you know, salt in the air. Um, it does really well on that kind of stuff. So it really does well anywhere. And we've just been trying to, it's, it's a kind of an education process, right? Mm-hmm. People know that about wood, they know the pros and cons of wood, but they don't really know the pros and cons of vinyl. So mm-hmm. we're trying to create more marketing materials and things to kind of explain the benefits of what we're doing. Huh. Do you guys have any competitors here? And Arizona, the, the valley? We don't. Uh, there's nobody that makes vinyl playtests with the same kind of materials that we use. Uh-huh. Um, there's a bunch of companies in the East Coast that do vinyl, but it's a different type of vinyl. It's okay. a lot cheaper. It's like a more like a plasticky type okay. of vinyl. Um, that's pretty much just like cased in wood, you know, almost like a, I don't know, like a covering instead yeah. of an actual vinyl yeah. fencing mm-hmm. material. I think. Yeah. And so they sell stuff too, but they're also all on the East Coast. There's nobody like on the West Coast that does uh, the type of vinyl that I know. Okay. Sure. Research that's doing that. Right. So as part owners, how do you and your uncle kind of differentiate your roles? Yeah. So he's kind of uh, manages the like fulfillment side, the mm-hmm. manufacturing, and I do all the sales and administration and accounting. Okay. And all that kind of stuff, and then he, you know, I get the orders coming. Yeah. In, and then we do make sure that everything get out on time yeah kind of thing. I've been kind of helping him with that too and just wherever is needed but now right. that we have a bigger team in place we've hired a bunch of people over the last uh, few months and starting to take some of that off of us uh-huh. and really giving it out yeah has he kind of been a role model for you in terms of entrepreneurship and just business in general yeah yeah absolutely yeah he's, he's awesome he's always uh, always been that way he's started like a framing company and uh-huh. Some of that stuff when I was little, me and him have always been super tight, and so uh, yeah, he's always been a little model good guy. Cool. Would you say that's the reason? Because you mentioned at the beginning how you had, you were just kind of led towards entrepreneurial ideas. You started those companies junior high, high school, where a lot of people they don't figure it out until after high school that's even a possibility. So how did you kind of come up with those ideas early on? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I just, I just. Like I said, like when I was a kid, I didn't even know that starting a business was cool. Like, and it really wasn't. Uh-huh. It was like, go to school, get a job, you know, get a good job, become yeah. a doctor. And I remember all my friends, they wanted to be doctors. <laughs> and I'm just a dumb kid. <laughs> it was like a doctor, a lawyer, yeah. or a dentist. Yeah. A dentist. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to be a dentist. Which is nothing wrong with that. Right, no, right. Yeah, I mean, not at all. I think it's great, and I'll probably end up making more money than I will. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it just was never something that um, I really wanted to pursue. I just didn't like being forced to learn stuff. And mm-hmm. I love learning. I'll read tons of books, audiobooks all the time, but like if I'm forced to learn something, for whatever reason, I just don't want to do exactly, it. Exactly, because you're like choosing to read a book. You're choosing to listen to right. a podcast, whereas in school, it's like, okay, I guess I have to do this. And it's yeah. not, yeah, in school, it's not always stuff that applies to what you want to do. Right, yeah. yeah. And there's yeah. some part of my brain that just turns off. Yeah. Something I'm not interested in, my brain just mm-hmm. like, 
Original's on the same one. I feel like yeah, I, yeah. I lived the same life in high school. Yeah, you lived the same way. Yeah. And I mean, I, I kind of was too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are what are some audiobooks and podcasts that you listen to that have been really beneficial to you? Yeah, I've kind of been out of the podcast world for a while. I just got kind of tired of it. I don't know. It's, it's, there's just like so many. I just got like overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, well, you're back now, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're on the other side. Of yeah, I, know. I, I like the How I Built This. That one's cool. Good. I know it's a lot of people's favorite. That's a good one. Um, I listen to a lot of real estate podcast recently kind of been doing a little more of that when I do listen to them mm-hmm. uh, investment type stuff yeah and then uh, audiobooks for some reason I love reading like autobiographies of uh, anybody that was like successful huh. I just finished one on a guy named James Simons who's a quantitative investor his uh, hedge fund has gotten better um, returns than any other fund like in the history of ever like better than Warren Buffett better than uh, Ray Dalio and uh, so that's reading his books and hmm. yeah so I just like books about people that are successful that have done it and I feel like you can learn a lot more than that's super interesting just telling you like, right you yeah and, like, yeah again, my brain is like and that's off, yeah and that's why I feel like most people read but yeah, right. yeah. and that's why podcasts like this were successful because people just want to hear what other people have done yeah so, for sure yeah <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh what's some of the best advice you've gotten from one of those autobiographies? Yeah. Um I think overall one thing that you I, you hear a lot in podcasts and you hear you kind of see it in books, right? Is failure is like a part of the process. Yeah. But I don't think you really realize that when you're going through it. You're like, "Oh, this sucks." Yeah. You had a bad bad year, bad quarter, or something terrible happened. You know, parents mad that their playset is broken or whatever, and it's like, "Oh, this sucks." You know, I got to deal with angry customers. But uh, or you know, I tried this venture and it failed. You know, I think what separates those that make it and that have books written about them are they persevered beyond that, right? They kept pushing, they kept trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People that have tried businesses were maybe somewhat successful and failed, and you know the ones that really persevere through and keep going are good examples of that. You know, there's ones that make it, and ones that we can learn from, we don't. That's super cool. True. I think that a lot of the 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 successful people fail multiple times, and the mm-hmm. people that aren't as successful, I think they fail once, and they're like, "All right, I'm done. Yeah, like, that's it. That's yeah. it for me." So. And I think we're about to go through a, a period of time where we're going to see, you know, who really has it and who really doesn't. Right. You know, I think there's a lot of unknowns in the market right now, but um, I think we're going to see again another wave of like, hey, who's really an entrepreneur and who's yeah. going <laughs> to it. Who's just riding the market. Classic. Have you experienced any major setbacks up to this point? In business? Yeah, there's been a few, nothing like major, major, but uh, yeah, we've tried a lot of things that haven't worked. Um, we've tried other ventures that you know haven't worked or haven't worked yet. Mm-hmm. Um, with with this particular business, I'm I'm very like I like to operate off of cash flow, and so we haven't like over leveraged ourselves yeah. or anything, and we try to be pretty conservative. Um, 
So there hasn't been anything super major yet, but uh, we are, with these new growth opportunities coming up, we're going to have to kind of start to work in a bigger realm. Yeah. Kind of thing. So we'll see what happens. But as of right now, it's been a lot of little things. Just little, little things, things yeah. do start to add up. You for know, sure. We had a shop manager who we were training for months, and he was kind of like starting to run the business a little bit for us, and he ended up having to quit and, and move on, and that was like devastated like right at the end of Christmas. And so oh, we sure. through that rough Yeah. Time. Just little things like that that happen that are just hard in the day to day, but uh, yeah, you just gotta, you know, like I said, keep powering through. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the little things that are worse. You don't have like a big story to tell. So, it's just day by day, yeah. another thing coming that's at so you. That's true. That's true. How do you kind of get over that or push forward when you have things coming at you like every day? Yeah, that, that is the question. <laughs> I think it's uh, for me. It's like I just have to look at it logically. Like, would I rather be doing this or working a nine to five job Mm -hmm. working something that i didn't like or something that i wasn't in control of or didn't have the freedom or and the alternative to me is always worse you know like i don't want to do that you know i'm still young and i don't have kids yet or anything so i'll be different later on when i got miles to feed or whatever but at this point like the alternative is always worse and i'd like to just keep persevering yeah that's awesome um what about mentors besides your uncle? Have you had any other mentors in your life that have helped you along the way? Yeah, I have a lot. Uh, I've been pretty fortunate to meet and interact with a lot of people. Um, I have no shame to reach out to people and just uh, say, hey, can I take you to lunch? I'd love to just hear about what you do. I'd nice. to learn from you. And, you know, the, the guys that make it, they're, they're always happy to share with for sure I I would suggest that anybody goes in their network and you know if you want to be a dentist go reach out to three dentists that have successful practices and just learn from them you know you don't even know no matter what age you are I think anybody can be a mentor um my dad taught me you know growing up to just learn something from everybody right even the bad or the good right Mm -hmm. I really believe that anybody can be a mentor you can see okay they did that that didn't work out for them I'm not going to do that yeah that Mm -hmm. didn't work out for them I'm trying to emulate that, mm-hmm. so that's kind of how I live my life. But I definitely do have some people that I you know, connect with. But I think it's important to have one or two kind of top people that you can go to. And oh yeah, to yeah. that's cool. I, I like it's a missed opportunity to not learn from anybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry for interrupting, no, but I like how you said you reach out to people and ask them if you can take them out to lunch. For somebody that's like looking for a mentor, or trying to get over the block of like well, I'm nothing compared to this guy. Like, how do I do that? Like, what would be your advice to reach out to those people or to go out to lunch, how to even start a conversation? Or... Yeah. Um, I think this might sound cliche if you listen to all the gurus, but I think one thing you could really do is just how can I provide some sort of value to this person? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how can I help them, the system, the people that I'm working out with, um, because my other business ventures, there's usually some opportunities there to, to talk about different investing, different things. But I think it's just, you know, provide some sort of value. Hey, can I work with you? Can I shadow you? Or just be very humble and appreciative of, you know, thank you so much for taking this time. Yeah. I'd love to leave your review on the Google Map or you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. what, what can you do to kind of give back and show that you really care? And I think when you're there, take notes, you know, show them that you're listening, that you're taking mm-hmm. it seriously. Like, you know, I think that's a good sign of respect. That's cool. That their time wasn't wasted with you. Yeah. That's really good advice. And I think 
those people are a lot more willing than we would think to actually exactly. take that time. And I'm sure you feel that, like, I'm not saying that we're the three of us are the greatest people to reach out to, but <laughs> if someone reached out to us, like, we'd be more than happy yeah. to talk to them about what we do know and the things that we've experienced totally. so far. So we get scared reaching out to these people thinking it's so intimidating because they're so much more successful. Yeah, yeah. But I think they would love the opportunity to, to sit down with us if, like you said, we try to provide something to them people as well. Are, people definitely are super willing to sit down and share knowledge or just anything. Talk about nothing and yeah. sports if you want. <laughs> right. Totally. People love talking about their passion, right? Most yeah. people, are, their passion is their business. Yeah. yeah. Whatever they're successful in. Yeah. So. yeah. What uh, well, we talked about some some failures. What's been a uh, big success for you so far in this business? Yeah, it's been cool to. I don't know if this is any more financial success, but we've been able to work with some pretty awesome people. Um, within the last like twelve months, we've done play sets for like two NFL players, two major league baseball players, one like pro MMA fighter, uh, lead singer of Imagine Dragons, manager of Imagine Dragons. <laughs> That's kind of people. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, it's super so, cool. yeah, getting to meet those kind of people has been cool. That's some cool. other famous people. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they'll post about us on their social media uh-huh. themselves too. And, but I think that's something that's just kind of rewarding for me is to just meet with these people and be like, yeah, now I'm telling you in my backyard. And for sure. <laughs> smile to their faces. And mm-hmm. They're also just another person too. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And you'd, you'd be surprised the. Uh, grandeur of some of their homes that you think would be bigger or mm-hmm. some that were smaller and that's interesting but it's, it's a lot of fun to meet those kind of people and all of our customers are just awesome and it's so rewarding to just provide a product that brings a family together yeah first time yeah would you say that's your favorite part about the business as well um yeah definitely one of them i think uh i just enjoy the fulfillment of just waking up and getting to do what I like to do and focusing on different things. I, I just always like business. I like you know, making money. I like the reward of getting a sale, you know, and I, I love working with people. And so I think the whole process for me has really been great and hasn't been long enough. That's cool. Yeah. Is, cool. There, is there a side that you enjoy more than others? Like, do you ever get out and help put together the playhouses yeah. or anything like that? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wherever there's a need, uh, for sure. I, I, I like just, I like working with people. I like working yeah. with employees and our workers, and I like working with the customers. And we're getting involved this year. Again, that's been postponed because everything going on, but a couple of charities doing some like auctions and and stuff and starting to get into that. And we've done stuff for churches and everything. And that's been rewarding too to be a part of some of that stuff. And so we're just going to make an impact on our employees livelihood and, mm-hmm. and also uh, you know, working with people in the community and yeah, it's been pretty great. Nice. Do you spend more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? Then call Flamingo Pools today. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, dream to cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools will take care of you. Honest, reliable, and innovative. Just a few of the many good things Flamingo Pools customers have to say about them. Ask them about their mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480 480-
4226013. Mention this podcast and you'll get your first month of maintenance completely free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. Okay, well, you mentioned that you've uh, started a couple other business ventures uh, since then. So kind of kind of interested to hear about that. Specifically, you started Trident Capital, which, well, I guess we'll let you explain yeah. it. But why don't you first kind of tell us how that came about and why you decided to, decided to start something else? Yeah, so my ultimate goal has always been, so this was some clarity that came you know, when I was when I was on a mission was that I wanted to ultimately run just buy and sell businesses on Business Week. Um, multiple, right? Mm-hmm. Just multiple things going on. And so <clears throat> last year Rough House started to kind of, you know, become more successful and things were looking good and yeah. was kinda of looking for other things to get involved in and this opportunity came to learn from a mentor who has been doing uh, lending for homes and businesses and commercial properties and everything. And so we kind of met with him a little bit and, and learned from uh, kind of what he's been doing. And at the around the same time, uh, I had been looking into getting a loan for this business mm-hmm. um, from Wells Fargo, just a little loan to kind of have to invest in advertising and, and inventory and stuff. Um, and I realized that these big banks don't even they won't even give you the time of day usually unless yeah, you're, yeah. you're asking for like a million plus or $500,000 plus depending on the bank. They won't even talk to you. They all have this kind of hotline number that they send you to. <laughs> so that kind of <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way. Like uh, since then I've read statistics of like 80% of all small business loans are turned down. Really? Wow. Yeah. And so I was like, man, well, you know, you hear about these businesses that are getting funding, like how are they doing that? those are the ones that are what about all these people that aren't you know where are they going and so we created an opportunity to to help these businesses um, get funding and so we kind of started connecting with different lenders um, different referral partners and um, just looking at, at different uh, loan structures that we could do and, and started trying to piece together small businesses uh, or put together small businesses and these lenders that, um, you know, because there's, there's the traditional banks and then there's an alternative lending source and that could be private investors or it could just be alternative lenders that maybe have a higher interest rate but they're working with more non-traditional borrowers. So yeah. that's a company that wants to start, you know, from zero. Um, there's not a lot of options for that. Um, so the more I learned about it, the more I liked it. And so we started getting together with these um, different referral sources, you know, other bankers and CPAs and financial planners and kind of telling them what we're doing. And, you know, a few months into it, we had like over $11 million of loans come through our door um, just in like the first three months. You know, I was like, okay, we're on to something here. You know? Yeah. So we definitely got to move. And then from after that, just kind of continued to increase. And so basically we're taking these businesses and we're helping them look at different financing options, whether they need to buy new equipment or get a new uh, workspace or whatever it is. We're helping them, you know, find the funding that they need, make sure they're not getting gouged by these lenders and and uh, being taken advantage of and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty complicated. There's a lot of paperwork involved and so making sure that they're being led to the right places. Cool. So the capital comes from these lenders then that you've built relationships with? Yeah, so there we work with some really awesome lenders. Some of them are you know 
these publicly traded companies that just have these small business divisions where they're looking to invest in companies. Yeah. Um, we have an in-house broker that does uh, commercial real estate, although it's still they're just simply buying a building or something, and that we kind of that in-house with our own network of huh. private investors yeah. too, and so just kind of connecting capital. Another reason I wanted to kind of get this started is because um, I wanted to have opportunities to purchase businesses or invest in companies too, and now you know all these leads are coming through. Yeah. Uh, So it's presenting opportunities, and it's just kind of getting going on that side of it. But uh, yeah, it's definitely good to do things that benefit you as well. I mean, not in a selfish way at all, but right. you want to be successful. Like, yeah, we need to help other people, but right. we can help ourselves yeah. too. Yeah, if we think we can, you know, help that business grow too and provide an opportunity for them and for us. And yeah. So there's a lot of people that kind of stay away from loans and they hear that like any sort of debt is bad for them or for their business so i guess what do you say to that what do you say to people that are against any sort of loans yeah i mean it it totally depends on your risk tolerance but in general with any type of debt and i think to sort of apply to credit card debt or whatever you're doing if you're not doing it with the intent of benefiting more than the interest payment you have to make right so if I get a credit card and I'm just spending it on stuff, you know, without any plan of making that money back and just carrying a balance on my card and paying interest on that, then it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's extreme circumstances where you may need to do that temporarily, but yeah. um, there's no good, you know. And so if you're investing in something like getting a mortgage on a home, right? Yeah. You know, living that. Again, I don't think that's the best investment, but that's pretty much the only way any of us can buy a house right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have, you know, half a million dollars in cash. <laughs> Um, but where it really starts to get good is if you're investing in a business, right, and you get a loan that has like a 6% interest rate, but you're able to leverage that money to get into a new building so then you have a return of X amount percentage of yeah. revenue, right? You're, you're able to invest in marketing dollars yeah. where, yeah, you're paying, you know, an interest rate on that, but your return on that is bigger. Mm-hmm. And so there's no reason to be afraid of debt if you have a plan for it and know what you're going to spend it on and you're intending to get a higher return on that. For sure. So basically, if if what you're buying, if the cash flow is more than what your interest is going to be, then it's yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. Or even if you got to buy any new equipment, right? yeah. There's a maybe a little bit harder to quantify the return on that, but if that's something you actually need, you know, mm-hmm. to increase your capacity, increase your yeah output, then totally. So for you guys, when somebody comes to you and wants a loan or wants some capital, are they? doing everything through you or are they also communicating with that lender or yeah it just kind of depends on the loan type we have offer a wide variety of different products you know there's difference if you're purchasing like assets like Mm -hmm. equipment or something Mm -hmm. you're just in to make payroll and then someone's big loan Mm -hmm. so it depends on the different loan type how it's kind of structured but we just kind of help them along the process wherever we're needed what are the most common things people want loans for? Is it like equipment, like you said, or payroll, or is it like buying a business or buying a part of a business? Um, so right now, it's it's ebb and flowed a little bit, right? Recently, it's been a lot of uh, real estate. Type mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, more commercial real estate? Yeah, yeah, more commercial, yeah, buying buildings or building new buildings. Cool. I guess, what's the benefit of someone getting a loan from you rather than some other, some big, well-known lender company yeah so we don't try to compete directly with 
uh, like a traditional bank because if you can get approved by a bank, then you don't need us. Yeah. What we try to do is focus on um, borrowers that have tried to go through a bank and then they've been turned down. Okay. For whatever reason, low credit score, they don't have enough collateral in the loan, they don't have enough assets, their business isn't making enough money. Yeah. And then, so we take them and we basically go through their business, kind of try and see what we can do to help them out, and then place them with a, a lender that actually can work with them. Okay. Try to give them different options and everything. Cool. What's kind of like the, if someone is thinking about getting a loan, um, do, is there a minimum amount they need to be getting or a maximum amount that you guys offer? So, yeah, minimum that we will work with is like right around twenty-five to 50000 Okay. It sounds like a big range, but... <laughs> Kind of depends on what they're looking for right. with their money, but yeah, twenty-five to fifty thousand is your minimum, and then we don't really have a cap. <laughs> I mean, if usually if a business needs more than like ten million dollars, then they can get a loan from, from the bank. Yeah, right. Or whatever. Yeah. That's cool. Have you um, either looked into getting any loans for for Rough House or? Yeah, so far we haven't. Uh, from when I did try to get a loan, we just haven't needed it yet. Um, we're growing just as quick as we want to. Yeah. Um, like I said, with things coming up, that could definitely change and we are looking into that. Um, especially right now, uh, the SBA uh, program is offering all sorts of disaster relief loans. I don't know if you've right. seen that with the new stimulus package. And so there's some, you know, typically on, a, on an SBA loan, the terms can be anywhere from 10 to 30 years. And then the interest rate is anywhere from like five to eight percent um, annually. Okay. They just released these new loans where now the interest rate can be as low as like three point seven five. Oh wow. And lower. Um, so there's all sorts of new opportunities for loans right now. So if you, you know if you need money right now, I recommend trying to get an SBA loan. That's something that we can help out with. But uh, so there's a lot of cool opportunities out there. Uh huh. Um, right now, I think they're unprecedented. May never happen again. For sure. Yeah. So, so for people that don't know, it's definitely a good time to look into those loans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are certain things you have to meet, obviously, to qualify for mm-hmm. it. But now, I mean, we're never get a better rate. And, you know, it's they're trying to make it as easy as possible. SBA loans because they're backed by the government right. or take longer, <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. more paperwork. Yeah. So that's what they want. But, but they're safe. Yeah. The sad part is that um, not a lot of people realize is like. Small business loan sounds good, but if you're starting from scratch and say, you know, I want to start a new business, I want to buy some equipment and need a building or whatever. Yeah. The SBA is not really designed for somebody like that. It's hard to get. Yeah. yeah. Is it? Unless you're trying to, you know, you have like 50% down. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And it depends on the borrower for sure, but, or you have to put up personal collateral, right? Like I got to put in my house for For sure. Um, So we have a, a cool program where we, Basically, we'll stack uh, like credit cards up, like business cards, to where you can you know leverage a bunch of cards on top of each other. Okay. And, you know, and get payment on stuff, and so we have some different options for uh, new businesses, but SBA loans, unfortunately, are really designed. You know, it depends on the borrower, but it's not really designed for huh. brand new businesses unless you have a lot of money. Who are they designed for? People that have been in business for a while, or it just kind of depends. Yeah, but businesses that. Uh, need capital to expand or to make a payroll that have some history of success, you know, mm-hmm. usually they'll require a certain amount of your tax returns or whatever. Is that pretty much the go-to though for a brand new business with no history in terms of getting a loan? It can be, yeah. It totally depends 
a case by case yeah. personal situation. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is over my head. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to learn about all this stuff, so I'm just like sitting here, I'm like, all right. All yeah. Right, cool. No, there's a there's a lot that goes into it, and luckily we work with awesome lenders that can kind of help explain some of that too, and and uh, walk you through the process. <clears throat> Excuse me, the process. Cool. So knowing what you know about loans, if you were to start another business, would you kind of start from scratch and build from the ground up, or would you get a loan from one of these lenders that you know and kind of hit the ground running? That's a good question. Um, I would try the traditional route, you mm-hmm. know, just because, like I said, you can get better rates, but it's just so hard to do that. And if I needed the capital, like I said, if I was using the money to buy something that was going to benefit me more than interest rate on the loan, then yeah, absolutely. Nice. For sure. If you can make a business run on your cash flow, you yeah. always go that route, yeah. you know, but that's really impossible sometimes. So. It's sure. nice to have a little bit of help sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And so how have you balanced Rough House with Trident? And <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it seems like a lot going on for both. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure my wife would probably give a better answer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call her right now. <laughs> No, basically just working long hours, but uh, just trying to be efficient with my time, like taking a look at all the things I have to do and, you know, what's most important and what's going to benefit me the greatest right now. What can we just cut out? You know, what's really not important? Mm-hmm. And then more importantly, what can I have other people do for me instead of me doing it right? And what can I pass on to other people and make them feel good? And I'm still, you know, pretty involved with the, the marketing company too. And so I, uh, I spend a lot of time too kind of helping uh our different clients and everything like that too and so just you know <laughs> depends all, on the day. All over the place. Yeah, yeah. Depends on the day. But it's fun. I wouldn't wouldn't want to do anything else besides, you know, what I'm doing. I like being busy with that. So trying to be productive. That's cool. So with everything you're doing, because I know you also have and I wish we had time to talk about every single thing you've started, <laughs> but with all the companies that you kinda of started and are a part of is there like one specific area that you spend the majority of your time or do you try to split it evenly between everything you're doing? Yeah, it really depends on the week. <laughs> it depends on what's going on. It uh-huh. depends on the time of year, like Christmas time is obviously time to time in the rough house. Yeah. That kind of thing. But uh, just trying to stay on top of it. You know, I, you realize that you're not perfect. You do the best you can do and tomorrow's another day and try to get as much done as you can and I think if I can go to bed at night knowing that I tried to maximize every 10-minute interval I had, you know, throughout yeah. the day and tried to get as much done as I can, spend time with my wife and family and, you know, on myself to read a book or mm-hmm. whatever, I think uh, it's a successful day and that's all I need to do. Nice. How do you, because this is one of my biggest struggles, so how, with all these things going on, how do you organize your time, like those 10-minute increments? How do you make sure you're being most productive? Yeah. That's something I've... Uh, I've ebbed and flowed on that too, personally. You know, uh-huh. like there's been moments where I've just scheduled out my day and tried to be really perfect at it, but there's always something that comes up. And yeah. what I've learned is you, uh, I just try to get as much done as I can in the first half of the day. Right? Uh-huh. Just try to have that little plan in my head or written out on my calendar. You know, what can I accomplish before lunch or whatever? Right. And we leave the rest of the day to kind of get the other little tasks and then be done. But I don't know, right at this point, it really just depends on the day. Yeah. Like you said, there's stuff that comes up, so you might have a whole day scheduled and then something comes yeah. up and changes all your plans. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah an employee needs something or you got a call that takes an hour or whatever with a customer mm-hmm. or all sorts of stuff coming up. But yeah, I mean, just try to do the best 
I was talking to Reg this morning because we were together this morning doing some stuff for the podcast and we came back yeah. over this evening. I was like, I don't even know what I did since you were here last. Just <laughs> whatever came up on my computer I had to work on. Yeah, kind of how it was for me. It's like, what, what did I do today? But yeah. You got a lot done. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, what was it? I think so, it's good to just plan it out at the beginning of the week. Like, what do I have to get done this yeah. week? Like, what are the most important things? And then break that down to what are the most important things I need to do this tomorrow or whatever. And then just kind of see where the day takes you from that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what you talked a bit about, like, handing some work off to people, you know, like, knowing, like, okay, well, I should probably hand this work off. I don't need to do it all myself. What? are some of your personal strengths that you know that you can take care of and what are some of your weaknesses that you're like, all right, I'll just hand it off and let somebody take care of it. Yeah. Um, I think I am, I don't know. I have a lot of things, you know, I'm trying to work on or whatever. I think I'm pretty good at seeing how all of the cogs in the machine kind of work together. I think I'm good at seeing the big picture, uh, kind of seeing where we need to go with things that are, steering the ship or whatever but uh, I'm not as good as like a detail person like sitting down and writing an article or sending emails and that kind of thing sometimes that just seems more tedious to me and I don't like getting into details as much but like uh, the overall vision of things I think that's where I excel at and I think uh, that's what I try to spend my time doing you know yeah And what about like things that you try to, that you know that aren't your strength to some things that you just don't make sure that you delegate to other people? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, just anything, uh, any details, anything that I know is just going to take longer that somebody else could do better. Yeah. Um, try to get out of like the design side. Like I'm good at overall the branding of Rough House, I think, creating a good brand, solid brand, mm-hmm. but, uh, designing things, writing articles and that kind of stuff. So any of just the day-to-day stuff that, uh, you know, just kind of keeps me from focusing on growing the business from yeah. making the good connections with the people that I need to talk to that day and building relationships with important people that are going to, you know, create success in the business. That's what I spend my time doing for sure. Nice. Keeping on everything else. Cool. Awesome. What, uh, I guess, what's, what's the future look like for you personally and then for Trident and Rough House? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. We're in interesting times with uh, both businesses, um, you know, just with everything going on in the world right now, the mm-hmm. crazy market dips. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the lending world. Um, we might have to pivot on things um, in times like this. Lenders really tend to minimize the risk, you know, and they yeah. a lot of them have, are publicly traded. They have shareholders they got to answer to, and they can't be taking higher risk loans. Uh-huh. So, um, finding new investors and lenders and that kind of thing and rough house the same way um, you know when people like I said earlier when people can't pay their mortgage they're definitely not buying a nice place else. so <laughs> how can you get in front of those people that still can you know yeah. there are always people that can you know mm-hmm. just finding those people and, and everything but uh, I think uh, overall just like I said any obstacle that comes through just kind of persevere as much as you can and, and grow as fast as you can that's awesome man well, I'd sit here for a lot longer if I couldn't talk with you because this has been like the fastest amount of time ever. But kind of kind of switching gears a little bit um, to kind of wrap things up. Is there 
anything else you'd like to, to share with anyone who might, I don't know, kind of be trying to figure out their stuff and <laughs> get it together? Yeah, I think uh, it always helps to find something that uh, you enjoy doing. I think happiness isn't like in the amount of money that you make or, you know, it's easy to think that, right? So you think, oh, well, I'll be happy on my yacht, you know, I'm <laughs> crying on my yacht or whatever that is, but it's really not that way. I think uh, find something that you like doing, find something that you think that uh, makes you feel fulfilled. I think fulfillment is the definition of happiness. And so if you're trying to fit a you know, square peg in a round hole or whatever, try something new <laughs> and try and uh, try different things and find what you what you like doing and what you feel fulfilled by. Nice. I like it. That's cool. Okay, well, before we uh, officially wrap up here, we got a quick game we're going to play with you. Um, Reg, you want to explain the rules? Yeah, so the rules are, so we got 60 seconds, um, and in this 60 seconds, you're going to try and answer these questions as fast as you can. Um, just quick answers. Um, they're anything from business questions to, like, just funny, weird questions. Not really weird, just <laughs> kind of who you are. Oh, no. um, and <laughs> I am going to start... Um, and then down, we're just yeah, we'll go just go every other, every other, yeah. So, as fast okay. as you can, so I'll give us a three second countdown and then we'll get going. Yeah. Three, two, one. Favorite junk food, uh, soda. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Mm, teleportation, uh, music you turn on when nobody is around, mm, rap or classical. <laughs> if you're stuck on an island, what would you bring? My wife, guilty pleasure. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Pass. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite quote? Um, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Nice. If you could have dinner with anyone in time, who would it be? Um, uh, Rockefeller. Tony Rockefeller. What's your spirit animal? I'm gonna skip one. Best business book you've read? Um, Thousand Friends and Influence People. Uh, best podcast you've listened to? This one right here. Bingo. Who's <laughs> your celebrity crush? Uh, uh, oh, that one's really that was good. good. <laughs> uh, so we got a total of eleven. Eleven, yeah. Tell well, it, tell it, yeah. Ten. I skipped one. Right, right. Well, tell us your celebrity crush, though. You're almost there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we won't tell your wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's really funny and I enjoy watching is Ryan Reynolds. For some reason, that guy just cracks me up. He, I like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a super good actor. Yeah, he really is. Okay, well, good job. That was pr- pretty quick. That was nice. That was high. I don't know what... I, I think, think I think he's the one. It might be a record. I think this is a record. Yeah, yeah, we gotta start putting together a leaderboard. Yeah, some sort of we'll get a prize one day, but we don't know what it is yet. So I'll let you know. Okay. Um. Well, yeah, that kind of wraps up for today. So thanks again, Drex, for uh, coming on with us today. I've really enjoyed hearing your story and hearing all the advice you had for us and for everyone listening. Um. Before we officially close up, do you kind of want to let people know where they can find you, either for Rough House or for Trident Capital? Yeah, uh, Rough House Playsets on Instagram is the best way to find us. Post lots of cool pictures of playsets. Uh, Trident Capital, you just go to our website, tridentcapital.com, with Trident with a Y. Nice. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, thanks again for coming on today, and catch you guys next week. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it.